0: the homemakers club podcast the homemakers club is a sisterhood of women who value the old-fashioned ways and traditions of making a house a home as you listen in each week to conversation between myself and a fellow homemaker it is my hope that you'll feel as though we are old friends and you're stopping by my home for a long-standing weekly tradition of sweet tea and sweet conversation As good old friends do, we will celebrate the simplicities of ordinary days and come alongside one another to navigate the joys and hardships of homemaking. It is my prayer that when we say our goodbyes at the end of each episode, you leave with a heart that is enriched and filled with provision, so that when you tie your apron strings each morning, you are joyfully ready to create a beautiful and fruitful life within your home. Grab a cup of tea and I'll meet you at the kitchen table. Hey everyone, welcome to the Homemakers Club podcast. I am so excited to bring back my dear friend, Alex Smith. You can hear our previous conversation in Season 1, Episode 7, but today we're going to kind of go back to the basics and talk about homemaking overall, and she'll share some insight and wisdom in her experience through her journey. Alex, welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm so thankful to chat with you again. It's always such a blessing.
0: It is fun. So in Episode 7, you gave us like the big background of who you are, what you're doing, your journey from California. California to South Carolina, but for those who haven't heard that episode, which I hope they'll go back and hear like the big story, but for right now, do you want to give us just a quick, brief little intro about who you are in the season of homemaking you're in right now?
1: Yes. Yep. So the abridged version, born and raised in Central California and six months ago, we took a huge leap of faith and just felt like God was calling us to this little town in South Carolina and we bought a home on property before we even had been here or seen it and have just been working to create kind of this place that we just love a homestead that we can invite others to and that we can just steward all of the blessings that God's given us here and in you know the form of a garden and an orchard and animals and everything else and we homeschool. and I'm a motherhood photographer and writer and just love getting to connect with other moms. and I do a lot of education with other photographers who also happen to be mothers and it's just all
0: such a gift. I would love to know how you manage your time. That's my first question for you. A lot of times in homemaking, it's hard to feel productive, especially when our days are very uh, much the same every single day. And now you have the homestead, you homeschool, you have your business, which encourages other women in such a beautiful way. A lot of times, one of the biggest questions I'm asked is, time management skills. So I would love for you to kind of walk us through what that looks like for you as you manage so much within your home life.
1: Yeah, it is definitely something that I think it's, I... I kind of use the foundational analogy of like, if you're juggling all of these things, right, you have to decide which of the things in our lives are the glass balls that we're juggling and which ones can be dropped. And I didn't make that analogy up. I can't remember where I heard it. I heard it somewhere else, but it made a lot of sense to me because there are things that I am not willing to drop things like homeschool things like the, the little bit of work that I do take on, I want to pour wholeheartedly into those women those are not balls that I'm willing to drop. You know, taking care of my family and preserving all of the fruits and vegetables from our garden and cooking meals that are whole and delicious and things that bring us all together and and connect us and also having that time throughout my day where I'm really just honoring what God has given us by living in it really intentionally and being really thankful and kind of just letting gratitude seep into my day. So those are the things that it's like every day, I really want to make sure that I, I hold space for those things. And then there's other things that I'm willing to drop. So I, I kind of joke like laundry, I will do the laundry, <laughs> but folding the laundry is definitely a plastic ball. So <laughs> I was recently talking to my mentor group of women and I was like, I have this like laundry hack, right? It's everybody needs clean clothes. I have four children, 11 to two years old. So we do a lot of laundry and we live out in the country. I mean, they are constantly going through, through laundry, through clothes. But for me to, to do, you know, five loads of laundry and then fold and put away all this laundry It would take me like two hours. Mm -hmm. So we do this thing where I say, okay, everybody, come on, come on in. You know, we might put on for 20 minutes, 15 minutes, even is maybe what it would take us put on an audio book. Everybody goes to work pulling their clothes out of the pile. It's all on top of my bed. They pull their clothes out of the pile. They make their own pile. And then they take that pile and they go stick it in their drawers. What a (laughs) good idea. I, you know, there are, there will be a time. And I will say my 11 year old, she folds it nicely. And her drawers are like immaculate, but for my, my, well, my two year old doesn't really do much, but my five year old and my eight year old. You know, the chances are there, if I fold their clothes, it's not going to stay really very nicely folded in their drawer anyways. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I know all of the clothes in your drawers are clean and that's all I'm going to worry about right now.
0: (laughs) You turn the cheek.
1: Yeah, there's just like things, there's little things like that that I know they will learn and I will teach them as they get older, but when they are five years old and they can take their laundry and pull it out of the pile and stick it in their drawer so that they can get themselves dressed with clean clothes in the morning, those are things that I'm willing to to go with. So I think it's just, it's it's knowing when there are little things that maybe aren't as important as those glass balls, you know, those ones that you don't want to drop. And then I think also it's really helpful is having a really, like a really specific goal for each day, instead of trying to do everything every day, it's like, let's on top of the, the things that are the non-negotiables, like homeschool and, and cooking and, you know, taking care of the home just in a general sense. If I'm working on a work project or something, there might be one day a week that i kind of pour more time into than others. If I'm doing laundry, there is one day I'm going to do like several loads of laundry. If I need to clean the house, there's going to be one day where I'm focusing more on cleaning the house, where if I have free bits of time here and there, maybe when little ones are napping or after bed or whatever it may be, I'm going to be pouring into those specific things. And then I find that I can accomplish more. Because if you think about it, if it's like, I have all of these things to do and I'm trying to do them all in one day, it feels very overwhelming. And then it's kind of hard to know where to start, right? So those are just some little tips that I find helpful.
0: And I think that that probably creates less overwhelm, because I think a lot of us feel like we have to do everything every single day.
1: Exactly.
0: And that's really hard to keep a positive atmosphere when we feel like we're constantly failing.
1: Yes, exactly. And it does feel overwhelming. And honestly, I accomplish more when I spread out what I'm doing each day, each day has that focus. By the end of the week, I'll have checked all of those tasks off the list. Whereas if I'm just trying to do everything every day, it doesn't get ticked off as you know as quickly as it as it was with the other way.
0: And it almost seems at least for myself when I'm in this idea of like I have to do everything every day it almost takes the homemaking out of what yeah. I do every day Like I see everything as tasks I'm grumbling maybe right. because I just cleaned the kitchen and now there's dog hair on the floor or cereal on the counter or whatever it may be instead of yeah. seeing it, as tasks throughout the day, creating yeah. a healthy mindset. Like I, my value in my home is far more important than the tasks that I need to achieve yeah. daily for Absolutely. like a clean and orderly home. Whereas like what you're mm-hmm. saying is creating intention, the things like the glass yeah. balls, those things mm-hmm. that you're talking about that you hold near and dear, those are the things that make a house a home.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And I read, A C.S. Lewis quote recently that he was talking about, um, he said, the homemaker has the ultimate career. And so I was kind of breaking down what that meant and what the word career meant and you were just talking about like yeah when it becomes just tasks that i have to complete and so when i'm thinking about the the word career you know that's something that we spend the majority of our life doing and it's the definition says it's it's not only that but it's also an opportunity for growth and Mm -hmm. progress. And I just thought that was really an interesting way to look at homemaking because it isn't just tasks. It isn't just check these things off the list. It's it is something that we are spending, I mean, really the the bulk of our adult life, maybe it, it starts once we get married and have children, maybe it's before that because maybe our mothers and grandmothers and aunts and whoever else are, are teaching us those things, but it's something that we are spending just the bulk of our lives doing, and I love that part about it is has the opportunities for progress because I think mm-hmm. that that's something really important to keep in mind with homemaking is it is not something that is oppressive or archaic. If anything, it is the most amazing opportunity to learn anything and everything. As homemakers, we have this incredible opportunity. I mean, we can learn anything from cooking, sewing, the arts, how to make our home beautiful, how to love the people in our homes more and how they accept love the best and and stewarding our animals. If we have animals, preserving food. I mean, the possibilities are endless really. And we are the ones that can just soak in all of this knowledge that there will never be an end to. So really it is the most incredible Career, if we want to call it that, like C.S. Lewis does, because instead of seeing it as something that is just a mundane task that is sort of oppressive or whatever it may be, in reality, it's just the most empowering, beautiful opportunity that we have at our fingertips. And we get to do all of that and honor our roles as wife and mother, and also glorify God in all of that because we're honoring those roles.
0: I think a lot of times homemakers think of their life as a service unto others, and they wear that as like a heavy weight to bear, whereas intentional homemaking is preparing others within our home, like our children, to learn the skills, take the time to teach them so they can be productive humans on the other end when they are grown,
1: Absolutely. I And I, I love that. And I think you're so right on all of all of the levels. I mean, even my older two, I mean, they couldn't cook a full meal, you know, once a week, and they love it. And they love, they get, they're so proud of that. And they get so excited to serve it to all of us and for all of us to eat it and, you know, tell them how much we love it. And it's just like, this beautiful dinner that they've made that they are so proud of and we're so proud of them. And, and what a wonderful exchange and learning uh, experience. And just like you were saying, preparing them to be, I mean, they're, they really are very helpful. Like they're so helpful. Even a five-year-old will chop veggies for me at dinner and everything else. So yes, it does require, you know, more time to maybe, a little bit more mess or a little bit more, um, like the laundry, like it's not going to be done exactly right yet, but we have to start somewhere and we have to be willing to kind of let things progress into what we're hoping for, but we have to start somewhere.
0: Yeah. And it's passing on like a legacy within their lives through experience and the acquisition of skills that we as homemakers are almost dying to self. Like I know I like my laundry perfectly folded, hung in a certain manner, but I've had to let go of that expectation of my children as they learn those skills. And I've become a happier homemaker because I've I've, I don't know how to say it other than like I've convinced myself or trained myself or realized that there's really beautiful intention in letting them learn yep. how to do these things. The women who take the time to do that is what homemaking is all about. They're mm-hmm. passing along skills, whether they're learning alongside their family members or it came from generations before. They're dying to self to teach those skills so they can be carried forward and then also creating experiences so there's like a lasting memory of home where they can go and recreate that hopefully and prayerfully in their futures because home matters incredibly. And to me, that's like what homemaking is, is taking the tasks and kind of debating, like you were saying, what are the glass balls? What are the plastic ones? These things all need to get done but prioritizing home over task.
1: Yeah. I love that. I think that's so, that's so big and, and home even in the even larger sense of, you know, our eternal home and kind of guiding our children and and teaching them to have that, you know, path that's, that's straight and, you know, glorifying God and all that they do and honoring him and all that they do and, and teaching them those things through something as simple as, you know, making a loaf of bread or planting a garden or, you know, things like that. So I think there's so many layers to homemaking, like you were talking about and, and teaching the next generation, teaching our children how to make a home, in just the physical sense and an emotional sense mm-hmm. and in an eternal sense, mm-hmm. which is just, I don't know, I'm so grateful for that opportunity and that responsibility.
0: It's such a beautiful responsibility and one that I am just so grateful for as well. How do you maintain a heart for homemaking? Because we all have our good days and our rough good seasons, rough seasons. How do you maintain the heart of our homemaking?
1: You know, I think, and I'm, I will preface this by saying I'm never perfect at this. That's for sure. I have days that I'm like, okay, I definitely could have done that with a much happier heart. So I am going to start again in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's just knowing that these are all ways that I can serve the Lord in my everyday life. And, you know, I, I really kind of come back to the bigger picture of my life often to remind myself of the things that are truly important. And I think, okay, what's, what's my most important thing? It's at the end of my life to, you know, for Jesus to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So what can I do? each day to not only glorify him and honor him but also to share that heart with my family and to you know love them so much and to make sure that they feel like they have this beautiful home of love and acceptance and safety and warmth and all of those things that I want for them as well so that they can go out into this big world and and have that place no matter where they go they will have that home, you know, in that emotional and spiritual sense of, of just security and safety and worth and love and all of those things. So I think that on days when maybe I can get grumbly about it, or, you know, kind of have not so happy of a heart, it's, it's really a a perspective shift for me and thinking about all it's really the quickest way. And I know it's like probably said all the time, but the quickest way for me to shift a perspective is just to look at my blessings because they are, abundant when we are looking for them, Mm -hmm. we will find what we are looking for. So if we are looking for things to complain about, we will find them. (laughs) If we are looking for things to be thankful for, we will find them as well. So I think look for things to be thankful for. And my attitude changes right away when I can, you know, look at all of the little things that are just so so abundantly blessed all around and i can say okay this is this is amazing i need to i need to stop this attitude right now and get back to the get back to all of these amazing things that are around me so just shifting that perspective and also knowing that all of these things are honoring god and and looking at you know, he is the one who has given me all of these blessings to begin with. So to be grateful and to honor him and as like a, a, a way of being thankful, I think is is my biggest way to kind of combat the, the grumbles that definitely
0: happen. Oh, they happen to all of us for sure. <laughs> Probably on a daily basis, I would yeah. imagine because when you're home all the time and you have children and there's yeah. just it's easy to kind of get a little frustrated sometimes. And I think a lot of times women think, especially like in the Instagram world, like, oh, she's just so happy and perfect all the time. When in reality, we all have our moments and we all have to work really hard at overcoming the grumbles. Like you were saying, do you have a daily practice to maintain a joyful spirit? Like Do you set aside a certain time to be alone each day or read in your Bible or just take a quiet walk or when you're with the animals? Like, is there a scheduled time or a goal each day to kind of recenter your heart?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I I don't get up necessarily before my children because it's just not, I I love that. And I, I know there will be another season where that will be what I do, but right now I have a just turned two year old who like nurses all night long. <laughs>
0: That's
1: a scary for a different day. But so in this particular season of my life, I do not get up before I absolutely have to <laughs> because I am tired.
0: You let the so, children wake you.
1: Uh,
0: yeah. In there. So I
1: I do get up, I mean, but I do get up typically before like at least two of the other ones, but he he co-sleeps and so the second I shift he's like oh we're getting up I'm like okay yes we are come on buddy so it's usually me and my little buddy so I'm not completely alone but anyways but I do love to do a little reading in the morning um but even if it doesn't look like before the kids a lot of times I will because I like to have a cup of coffee while I read and I don't go straight for coffee in the morning I want to but I try not to because I know it's not the best For my body so I do like oh gosh you know minerals and all of those things anyways probably a conversation for a different day but I will typically get all the children breakfast and while they're eating breakfast I might sneak into the other room and just do a little bit of quick reading I also typically kind of have like a morning prayer right when I wake up um I find that's like a good thing is to just start talking to God right away. <laughs> right. I'm awake. You can expect to hear from me all day now, um, but I do love midday. I'll put the little one, maybe the littlest two down for naps. Um, school is over for the day and I will go out and check the animals. And that is just literally 10 minutes. But I, It is really like a great practice that I look forward to just walking, checking all the animals, checking their food and water. I kind of just like have a moment of quiet after a full, you know, school day I find is really, really nice. And I'll typically do that again in the evening after I put the kids down. Maybe I'll go up and like work in my garden for a little bit and have like a little another moment of just quiet thinking through whatever yeah I find that both of those things are really good practices just to have a minute to to clear my head and and think about things in a like a calmer place I guess
0: it's so nice to have that moment of just quiet even if you're not having input like even if you're not reading or listening to a podcast or scrolling Instagram, whatever, like just to have quiet is life-giving. Like, It really is. It really is. uh, What do you think the importance of that does to a homemaker in her role within her home? Yesterday, for example, I made myself a sandwich and I was like, yesterday I was on fire for like, seeking beauty in all moments. Like I don't know what it was. It was just like this is my goal for the day is just to notice beauty everywhere. And yesterday was the best day I've had in a really long time. Because I went outside, picked a fresh tomato, put it on my turkey sandwich, decided to make it look like restaurant style instead of just putting some turkey and cheese and calling it a day. I made like this fancy sandwich for myself and I sat next to some beautiful sunflowers that I had purchased from the market. And I just sat there and ate this delicious sandwich where I put in extra effort that I normally don't do for myself, sat there in silence and just admired the details on the sunflowers. Mm -hmm. And it was like the best 10 minutes I had had in a really long time.
1: Yeah, I love that. Honestly, there's many days where I will do that too for lunch. I really like to feed the kids, get everybody situated, put the little ones down for a nap, have the big kids are having quiet time. And then I will have my lunch as well. And I love doing that. I'm with you. I love to just like sit. I think that the, to answer your question, the real, like, joy in that is there is just so much noise all around us these days there's just it's everywhere mm-hmm. <laughs> so to just have a moment of of quiet where we are just choosing this quiet is just feels sacred it feels like we really are able to notice all of the things around us we it's like our senses come alive we can hear we can smell we can see things so much more clearly than when we are sort of like our senses are maybe desensitized in a way because of the noise if we're scrolling we're not going to hear the birds or the bees or whatever it may be we're not going to you know have all of these other experiences and I feel like the natural world is such a, a way to to ground us in, in so many ways and to bring us back to kind of the heart of of who we are and what why we're doing what we're doing as homemakers and just as human beings, really, in like a greater sense. And so I feel like that's why I, I seek both the quiet and going outside for the quiet. Mm -hmm. So instead of sitting inside for the quiet, I, I long for a moment, you know, my kids know, like the babies are down, they know, like I'm going outside for a minute, I just want to walk outside. And I want to hear things and see things that belong to the natural world. And it really is just this like moment of, of clarity that really helps us to let go of overwhelm. It helps us let go of stress. I think it's that idea of, you know, there's so much going on in the world these days that it can get so loud and we can feel bogged down with, you know, stress or worry, wherever it may be, but you go outside and you're like, Oh, the bees are still buzzing and the birds are still flying and the flowers are still blooming and the vegetables are still growing. Like everything is, is going. It's 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 okay. <laughs> you know? Yes. This is like beautiful reminder that God is in control. I think that's ultimately what it is for me.
0: And it's so easy to see the beauty in those moments, like just being outside or hanging the clothes on the line or sitting and having a turkey sandwich and looking at yeah. the flowers. One thing that I have been trying really hard to do within my daily rhythm is my alarm will go off on my phone. I check the weather real quick and then I put my phone back down and then I do my Bible reading. Mm -hmm. But another thing I've, a friend of mine actually suggested to me to put my phone, it's like Bluetooth, attach it to the speaker throughout the day. So it has beautiful music filling the home Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, like time just kind of slowed way down because I yeah. wasn't filling these slow moments during our day, yeah, with scrolling. Like it was so yeah. easy for me to scroll beautiful images or respond to like DMs or comments or whatever it may be. Like i f- I was finding I was filling like every moment with my device, mm-hmm. and. Molly and I had discussed this on one of the previous episodes with the digital detox, but we are using our devices to fill so many moments throughout the day that you you don't even notice beauty because you're looking right. at other beauty in a different way, but not real life beauty. Yeah. So I've been like incredibly aware of that lately so I've yeah. been putting my device on the bluetooth playing beautiful music right now I'm really into like the French cafe instrumentals
1: yes I love that so yeah.
0: good so good yeah. but then I've also noticed like I before that I was like this is probably TMI but like I would even take it to the bathroom with me yeah. Yeah. or I'm making dinner and instead of noticing the meal and being alive and cooking for my family. Like I was one hand stirring and I love cooking. And I'm a pretty decent cook. I came from parents who are phenomenal in the kitchen. And so I love cooking, but I was, I was losing joy in cooking and seeing it as one of those tasks because I was looking at my phone while I was doing something I genuinely love to do. It made no sense. Yeah.
1: It really does. It it really takes takes us away from yeah, savoring all of those beautiful moments because it's just noise,
0: you just know, just noise. So many, yeah, you're right. And I and at first, I when I first became really aware of it, and I was like putting my phone down, I I kind of had this moment of like, wow, like I've been missing so much of my life in the last two years. And my children talking, like, I had allowed myself, especially since starting the Homemakers Club, I wasn't on social media for 10 months before I came back on to start the Homemakers Club. So before, when I was on a 10-month breakup with social media, like, I relearned how to be in the moment through every moment in every conversation, through cooking, through gardening, through all the things, but I kind of had lost a sense of self during the first two years of the Homemakers Club because I was filling every moment with a screen rather than seeking beauty through every ordinary moment of the day.
1: I definitely think that, I think we can all say we've found ourselves in that place, you know, where it's sort of like, I think especially as homemakers, it's so nice to connect with other homemakers Mm -hmm. and so like I know, like, you know, there's such a beautiful community of homemakers on Instagram that it's easy to be like my friends and you're chatting and, you know, (sighs) everything. And that's so wonderful. But then I think also recognizing when it's, you know, okay, now I'm going to put my phone down for a little bit. Like you said, you have like your rhythm and, you know, I do similar things where I stick my phone on top of the refrigerator and like go about, you know, my day or go outside or whatever it may be. So I think it's just finding that good balance that works for you, you know, for works for all of us to have that community time. And then also that like, okay, but now I'm going to just be in the moment where I am right now. Mm -hmm.
0: And it also serves for excellent productivity.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. That's so true. I know. And that's honestly, like, I I love being able to share my stories and stuff. But that's another one of my, maybe like my plastic ball is actually Mm -hmm. posting, not on stories, but like an actual post, because I really do. I love posting, you know, encouraging things that are true and beautiful and that I've put a lot of thought into. And so if I don't necessarily have that space to think of something that I really feel will be valuable and won't become just part of the noise, then I tend to just not share anything until that kind of feels like, a spark of inspiration has come again. And I think that's okay too. I think that we've kind of been told these days, like you have to just post, post, post all the things, all the things. And I'm always encouraging, you know, others to just, just really share what you feel led to that you feel is valuable that you feel is going to be encouraging and bless other people and kind of utilize it as something bigger than maybe what the, owners of Instagram want us
0: to use it for I don't know which is kind of funny because I feel like it's becoming more and more like a tool for education yeah like so many women are being like the tightest to women in teaching whether it's sharing a recipe or teaching how to do sourdough I just ordered my a whole sourdough kit today actually (gasps) I've decided this, this is my year. I've joked about how I kill it every single year. So this fall, that's my goal. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. I have total faith in you. Thank you,
0: made you. Thank you. So kind of just step back and look at homemaking as a, a whole. We've talked about how homemaking is the ultimate career. Mm-hmm. How do you maintain that confidence that what you're doing matters?
1: Oh, man, I just like look at my children, you know, I mean, I my oldest is 11 now. And I think, oh, my word, how did this happen? Like you were just two, you know, how are you 11? Mm -hmm. So knowing that we have such a limited amount of time with them under our roof, under our, you know, obviously, though, we will always care for them in, in some way, shape or form, but like really, their childhood under our roof with us, it feels it, it feels limited, but it also feels like such an immense gift the the years that we do have with them that I just like and we only get one shot. So it's it's this constant reminder every time I look at them, every time I lay in bed at the end of the night and I, you know, go through all the things I could have done better that day or, you know, all the things I'm going to try to be better at the next day and, and things like that. I just, I don't want to fail them. Like I want to do my very best for them and for my marriage and to just, you know, I want to give my children that foundation of knowing the Lord and, you know, the the kindness and the courage and all of these things that will serve them for the rest of their lives i just i just so badly don't want to fail them i want to do as best as i can as their mother and so that's just That is what is my constant inspiration every single day is just looking at them from the moment they roll downstairs and, you know, we start the day with a good breakfast and I read scripture to them and, you know, we start the day and I hug them and love on them. You know, I just, I want that to continue through each day through every teachable moment through every conversation that we have that's completely open-ended always yeah it's it's for them because I know that then they will grow up to do the same for their children and Mm -hmm. and so on and so on
0: so it's like legacy building and generational equipping Jennifer Pepito had mentioned in a conversation her and I had that one of the biggest tools for success in like creating this healthy heart for being a homemaker is to sit back and reflect on the legacy in which we want to leave behind Mm -hmm. which is incredibly profound and a lot of times in. We don't think about that. We see every day just, we understand you hear like, oh, the days are long, but the years are short. We hear that, but it's hard to understand that. And then like you were saying, your daughter, 11 years old, like, how did you get there? My son's 14. And I'm like, I don't even know where the days went. There is truth to that. I wish I had heard Jennifer's words when I first began my journey of homemaking and being a mom yeah. of like, what legacy do I want to leave behind? So then that way I can choose those glass balls wisely.
1: Yeah, that's always my biggest encouragement to for other mothers is is choose those choose the glass balls wisely and it doesn't matter what the world says they should be. It doesn't matter what Instagram says they should be or even you know, other mothers or whoever, what do you feel that God is telling you those should be and Mm -hmm. honor that. And as we honor that, it's going to be, that's like you said, that's going to be the legacy that is created that, you know, our children are going to tell our grandchildren about and so on and so forth. You, you hear about these amazing women that, you know, they have, such amazing stories that are told by their children, grandchildren, so on and so forth. And I'm just like, I would love to, to leave something like that behind, you know, that is equipping my children and my children's children in a way that is so heaven minded, kingdom minded, and also just so Strong and sufficient and smart and capable, you know?
0: It's like a consistency of intentionality yeah, for our is. heart for home. And mm-hmm. then, and then removing ourselves from our daily practice of homemaking mm-hmm. and looking at it from the other end of our lives and yeah. like understanding that our days mattered. Yeah, and and there's grace in those yeah. days, like you're saying, like you Absolutely. go to bed and you think, oh, okay, how can I have done better? But it's yeah. those daily decisions mm-hmm. for grace or for forgiveness or for try harder or mm-hmm. or the glass balls and choosing each day which glass balls we're going to hold tightly to and which plastic mm-hmm. ones, like the laundry, we might need to throw. But yeah. it's those. That consistency, the showing up daily is what is legacy building within our homes. Absolutely. What legacy do you want to leave behind before we wrap this up? I'd love to know.
1: Oh, goodness. I want my children to feel like I just really value who they are and who God is creating them to be. I want them to have space to know where God is leading each of them and I want to allow that to unfold as it's meant to I want them to to know the Lord and to know that they are really strong capable children I want them to see my husband and I's marriage and and see that we each as humans we have faults that we are so, readily able to admit and ask for forgiveness for. I think that's a big one. I always talk to my kids. If I know that I have fallen short, I will say, look, this was something that I wish I wouldn't have done. Maybe I got too upset about that and I'm really sorry. And that's something that I'm going to work on. Do you forgive me? Like I, I feel like that's a really healthy practice to show that we can humble ourselves and ask for forgiveness that's something that you know if I'm teaching them that we're asking the Lord for that like I want them to see me doing that as well so I think just a legacy in that I want to live each day the way that I want them to and that's a big order and I know that I'm failing like all the time but I want to continue to try every single day you know to to teach them to be so grateful for all of the beauty around them and they're so great about that already. I think that kids in general are just really, really great at noticing all of the little things. And as long as we're able to continue to just fan that flame and foster that and create and and cultivate that, that's going to grow into something really beautiful as adults. Whereas as adults, it's really easy to, you know, pick out all the things that we want to complain about, but to have cultivated these hearts that are purposely looking for the blessings around them for the gifts that God's given them I know that that can only serve as a good thing in in their lives as they grow up
0: being that model for them on a daily Mm -hmm. consistent basis Mm -hmm. that's beautiful if you could tell your younger homemaker self something that you know now that you didn't know in the beginning what would that be?
1: Mm, that there's so many things that don't matter (laughs) that I put so (laughs) much weight that I like put so much weight on, you know, I, I, I let so many things matter so heavily that literally don't matter at all. So I, I think that when we are setting our eyes on something greater than just the world, that is going to remind us of the things that truly matter. So just look at your look at the day to day, look at how you are spending your time. How do you feel about how you're spending those moments? Is it something that you feel you know maybe could be adjusted here and there, whatever it may be. I know that when I was younger, you know, maybe I wish I would have spent more time being more intentional about really important things that, that matter and skills and homemaking skills are always going to matter because they are so beautifully woven into our lives and our families that they they always matter. There's always, like I said before, there's always something to learn. There's always ways that we can be enriched and, you know, life really is so beautiful. And if we let ourselves get bogged down by the what ifs or could be's or should have's or, you know, whatever it is, we will be bogged down. But if we really just trust in the Lord in all things and, you know, listen to him and only him in everything that we're doing and focus on the things that really truly matter, that fill us up, that honor the Lord, that serve others, that encourage others, that encourage our families and our children, it's, it's going to be a good day. It's mm-hmm. going to be a really good day, and it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful life.
0: One that you can look back on and, and be really grateful that you served your time well within your home. Mm-hmm. Well, Alex, I'm so grateful um, that you took the time to have this conversation with me. And I'm I'm just absolutely certain that this will bless so many hearts and their homes. So thank you. Oh, my goodness.
1: Always a pleasure, my friend. Always.
0: Until next time. Yes. Thank y'all for being here and for the work you are doing within your homes and sharing home with the world. I believe with my whole heart that every day, the more we share home and the art of homemaking, we are upholding the way in which home was intended to be productive, fruitful, and beautiful. Though your days may seem ordinary, little by little, you are building something quite extraordinary. Keep up the good work, my friends. If you haven't already, I encourage you to join our sisterhood on Instagram at We Are The Homemakers for daily encouragement and fellowship. And of course, subscribe here as well. We are the Homemakers gathered for good. See y'all next week.